Welcome to this week's podcast. My guest on Facing the Canon is Pastor Agu, Senior Pastor of Jesus House London. Pastor Agu, welcome to Facing the Canon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm delighted to have you. Where did you grow up, Pastor Agu? Uh, first uh, 15 years of my life uh, in Lagos in Nigeria. Well, the, a, a two-year stint during the Biafran War. Yes. Where I grew up, uh, the war kind of split the country and I grew up in the eastern part of the country, what, what was Biafra. Yes. Um, but apart from that, grew up in Lagos till I was... 15 um, and then I was uh, sent to boarding school boarding school on the Isle of Wight um, so I was there and then I did a year at a crammer in Cambridge and then went to university at Warwick and you trained as a barrister yes in Nigeria it's both barrister and solicitor that's it's, right it's joined together but I trained here I mean I went to law school here uh, at the University of Warwick and have you always known the Lord no, I, I was I was born into a Christian home. Um, my father was a Methodist who never went to church at all, very rarely. My mother was Anglican and went to church quite you know, a lot. So we had a, a lovely uh, church in Lagos. Um, and there was a lovely English gentleman who was the vicar, Canon Payne. I'll yes. never, never forget him. Um, and... Yeah, so I was born into a Christian home, but I wasn't really a Christian. And, and, and as I got older, I went in the opposite direction. Um, very, uh, a, a, what you would call a wild social life, I guess. Um, and then got into university and it was riotous in university. And just before I did my final exams, it, I was certain I was going to fail the exams. And my father in the typical... African context had made it clear to me that if I failed those exams, I was dead. And yes. I, I was almost certain that he would keep his word. Yes. And so I did a deal with God, which was very interesting. I said to God, I can't, you, you know God is there. You know he's in charge. You know he's in control. But you don't pay much attention to him except when you're in trouble. And I was in serious trouble. I had two, three months to go to my final exams. And there was no way I was going to pass those exams. I'd, I'd been terrible as a student. Very good socially, but very terrible with the work. And so I said to God, God, you know, if, if, if you can get me through these exams with a decent degree, I promise you I will build churches for you for the rest of my life. Now, what I had in mind was that I would become a very rich lawyer and I would donate money yes, to churches to buy buildings and, you know, whatever else they needed. Obviously, God ha had other things in, in his, on his mind because I did pass the exams, did pass fairly well got a d very decent degree um and yeah and you remembered your promise to god i promptly forgot it um and then when i now became a committed christian and i you know i found this was my life uh, one day it just dawned on me that you are building churches but you're not building buildings but you're building people building people. so i think god came back for his part of the bargain after sure so, yeah. so when did you encounter Jesus after you graduated? When did that happen? So I, I graduated um, and then I, um, I went back to Nigeria. At the end of a day of working very hard, and by this time I was working in an investment bank and partying even harder, I would be alone in my room and just feel empty. Yes. Um, and um, 
my 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 late wife, my my wife passed, my late wife Ify, um, she she now invited me to a church yeah. and said, you know, I think you like this church, and then coincidentally, I went to work and my manager also invited me to the same church. And I thought, this is, this is interesting. Why is everybody inviting me to this yes. church? Um, and so I went. That was the start of my journey. I listened to the sermon and felt that I actually did feel that they, uh, my, my late wife, if he had told the pastor I was coming and giving him some some information about my life. I, I didn't know how these things worked I, I, because he, it looked like he was talking to me. Um, and I sat there and I thought, wow, that was, that was quite a, I mean, that guy was in my life, you know. Um, and I, I asked a friend of mine to go with me and um, the, an altar call was done and he went and gave his life to Christ. And I was a bit peeved with him because I thought, you know, what do you know? What's, what, you were just supposed to go with me, and what are you doing walking out there? Yeah, what you're meant they... to support me. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I got curious, very curious. And so I figured out this revolves around the Bible. Um, interestingly, I'd never read the Bible before, even though I was yes. born into a Christian home. So I asked for a Bible, and I started reading the Bible. Um, and that was challenging, because I read the Bible like a lawyer. Yes. And that's the worst way to read the Bible is the book of faith. And so I had zillions of questions, you know, because I read it like a legal document. Um, and my late wife would say to me, you can't read the Bible like that, you know, because I had questions. Some, most, some of them she couldn't answer. I just loads of questions. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I went back to that church a few times. Uh, I, I listened to some of the sermons. Uh, now I know with hindsight what was happening. Of, of course, course, the Holy Spirit was working. Was on my working mind. in you, but I didn't realize that. Um, and at some point, I came to. Uh, it, it, it wasn't dramatic or anything like that. I just came to a point where I thought, you know what, I want to take this step. Um, I want to, you know, commit my life to to Christ. Um, and and I did, and that was the, the start of my Christian journey. Absolutely amazing. Now your your late wife was promoted to gl glory. Yes. A bit earlier than anticipated. Yeah. How did you cope with that? That was tough. Um, and that's an understatement. <laughs> it was yes. it was easily the most difficult experience, most painful experience that um, I've had to deal with in my life. Um, she was a wonderful woman. And, you know, we started this journey together. Um, we had great plans for the future. When we, when we came to London to start Jesus House, uh, she came a few months after I came to start Jesus House. And I didn't come to start the church. Uh, I wasn't posted to start the church. I was told, come and keep an eye on this church for a month, and then you can go back. Um, and we'll find another pastor. It's been 28 years, a few weeks, a week ago it was 28 years. They obviously haven't found a pastor, so yeah. I kind of recognize <laughs> that, that I'm here. Um, so we came together. Um, she's a really wise woman, um, really wonderful mother. Um, and, you know, she, one day she just said to me, oh, there's a lump in my breast. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't think it was anything. And I just told her, don't worry about it. But, you know, go and see the GP just to make sure. And then we're told it was breast cancer, yes. and um, I didn't, I didn't, 
you know, for one second think it was going to take her life. Not for one second. You know, we prayed and we had so many people praying for her. Yes. But it progressively got worse and worse and worse. And um, eventually she was so sick. And I, I, I was her primary carer, you know, taking care of her. Yes. We had two children, young children, 10, 10 years old and 12 years old then. Um, and she just eventually she she went to be with the Lord, yeah. um, and that was tough, um, tough for me, tough for the children, tough for the church. Yes, um, but God saw us through. Um, Absolutely, a, a lot of grace. There was a lot of grace He gave us uh, to go through that. What would you say? to encourage our viewers, Pastor Agu, who might be going through something similar at the moment, what would you say from your own experience and your experience of the Lord as well? Well, I, I, I would say that uh, God is, 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 is a gracious Father. He's a loving Father. He's a caring Father. Um, and even the darkest of times, He's there with you. Uh, I've come to understand that we might not fully understand uh, how he's working things out, but he is working things out. And I've also come to understand that he he gives us the grace to go through whatever we find, wherever, whatever we're faced with in life. Um, and just to say to you, you you're, you're, you're not alone. Uh, he's there with you, even when you don't know it, when you don't feel it, when it doesn't look like it, he is there with you. And, and that was my story, that was our story, uh, myself and the children, that in the midst of the pain and the grief and the confusion, uh, God was there with us uh, right through. Thank you, Pastor Agu, that's uh, so helpful. So you arrived 28 years ago for a month to look after a church and support a church. At that time, what was the church called? It was called Jesus House. It was, do you yes. know, but I've, I've always liked Jesus House. Yeah. Whoever it was that came up with that, yeah. it's really nice. Would you like to come to Jesus's house? It's <laughs> yeah. really great. Yeah. And over the years, I mean, you have seen astonishing growth, uh, but there must have been hardships along the way. But tell us a little bit about the story of the growth of Jesus House? Well, it's uh, um, Jesus House started 28 years ago. Um, it's, it was a small church when it's, I came, I came to pastor it about two months after it had started. And um, I was supposed to pastor it for a month or two while, whilst they found a pastor, but here I am yes. still pastoring it. And it was a small church, uh, 30, 40 odd people. Um, and it's grown uh, in numbers, um, but even more than the numbers, the, what really has touched me is the growth of the people and uh, the, the influence that God has given the church within, within the community. Um, and it's, it's planted many, many churches. Uh, the, the organization that we're part of, the family we're part of, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, um, has been very on the front foot with regards to church planting. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's um, 28 years, it's grown significantly. And, and um, we're looking, we're, we feel we're at the start of another growth spurt, uh, however God is going to work that out. Yeah, absolutely. 
And what, what is the ethos of the church? I think a big thing for us is prayer. It's, it's very foundational. Um, I say to people that we spent probably three months thereabouts at the start of the church praying for hours every day. I remember those prayer meetings. They were tedious. They were tough. <laughs> and um, uh, I think a big, big part of what we do is prayer. Um, I'm very passionate as a person about prayer. Um, I genuinely believe that God answers prayers. I just I believe from Genesis to Revelations, uh, the Bible tries to get one message across to us that we have a father who cares, who listens, who loves it when we speak to him and who responds when we speak to him. Um, and I think that's a big thing with us at Jesus House uh, prayer. Um, another thing that's very, that, that you know, is a big part of us is, is being very influential in our, in our community in the city and in the nation. Yes. Um, I genuinely believe we're salt and light. Um, I love the scriptures in Matthew, the fifth chapter, that refers to us as salt and light and, and that we can bring change uh, to our society. Absolutely. I'm reminded as you speak, Pastor Agu, of uh, the book of Nehemiah. And in chapter one, it says, from the month of Nisan to the month of Kislev, Nehemiah prayed and we frequently just read that don't we we yeah. go oh that's good he prayed yeah. but we don't realize that Nissan to Kislev is four months yes I, I, it's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because about two weeks ago we we're doing a study yes. in Nehemiah and I came across that for the first time I found it in, I don't know where I found it so yes. I, I read it and I thought wow he actually spent four months praying yes. before embarking on his mission. That's right. Before yeah. he did anything. And yeah. then also it says that, you know, at night he would go on his horse and he would look. Yeah. So he'd be doing his reflecting, yeah. his research yeah. during those four months that he was yeah. praying. Yeah. I know. And I, I, I know that personally you're a man who engages in prayer. Are you able to, just to tell us what's your rhythm of prayer? I, I wish, whenever I'm asked that question, I wish I could say it was very organized, but it's not organized. If my wife, Shola, was here, she's very different. We've, and, and I think maybe both of us uh, would, would, would be the extremes of different prayer styles. So Shola is very organized. You can set your clock by her prayer time. She's going to be up at 5 a.m., slightly before 5 a.m. every single day that I can remember. It's, it's a rare thing for her not to be up at five. And she'll spend her time with, with God for a few hours. Um, I, I'm, I'm a bit different. I'm a bit of a free-flowing spirit. So some, some days I'm up that early. Other days I stay up late at night. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I don't think mine is as organized, but I think I try to spend a few hours with God in prayer every day whether yes. it's late at night um, into the early hours of the morning or whether I'm waking up early in the morning. Um, I think uh, that there is merit in spending some time with God before you start your day. It might not be so many hours. It might be 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is. But I think there's some merit um, in doing that. Um, I... I... Um, 
you asked me what are what are the what are the things that might have really helped my prayer life um, I think the study of the word um, I love praying the word uh, and I really enjoy that I love I love taking the scripture and you know talking to God about it and allowing him to expand that in my mind um, I also have found speaking in tongues which not 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 the whole church doesn't do that sure. and I, I understand that um, I remember uh, when I became a Christian and the first time I saw people speaking in tongues, I thought it was weird. I yes. thought, what is going on here? Um, and, and as soon as I established that it wasn't a yardstick of salvation, I decided that's not for me, yes. not interested in it. Um, but God has a sense of humor. I was ill and um, the only Englishman in the church in Lagos, a great friend of mine, a gentleman called Chris Reynolds, um, he came to visit me and left me with a book, um, a book called, and they spoke with other, other tongues. Yes. By the Cher Cheryl. Yeah, That's the, right. And um, it was a tattered book. It, it, there was nothing appealing in the look of the book. I didn't want to read it, but I was stuck in bed. And so I read it and that was the turning point. Once I finished that book, I thought, I get it about this gift of speaking in tongues. And yeah, I, I received the baptism of, and, and that has been a major part of my prayer so, life. So when you read that book, Pastor Agu, did you ask the Lord, may I, could I have this gift? Yes, as soon as I finished reading, I'd, I'd been very skeptical up, up till that point. I was a Christian going to church. It was a Pentecostal church. So everybody spoke in tongues, but I didn't want any part of it. I think also, the way it was explained to me, just I couldn't, somebody said to me, you've got to bypass your understanding. I said, no, no, no. I've spent my whole life trying to train my mind to take sensible decisions. Now you're asking me to switch my mind off. I mean, I, 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 I can't get that. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but when I read that book, it's a brilliant book. Yes. I, I think I've given out, I must have given out yes. close to a hundred copies of it. It's a fantastic book. When I read the book, I now thought, now I get it. I actually get it. And God, I want this gift. Um, and I didn't get it for a while, which was interesting. I went out, you know, in different meetings and churches. They would pray for me. Nothing happened. Um, and one day, I just was kneeling down by my bed, uh, early hours of the morning. And I said, God, you know, I've done everything I know for this gift. And I just can't speak in tongues. I mean, you know, uh, and I said, God, I'm just going to kneel down here and not get up from here until you do this yourself. And it's interesting, I, I prayed as I would in my understanding for maybe an hour or so, and I fell asleep on my knees. And round about 4 a.m. in the morning, I woke up very uncomfortable because I'd slept on my knees. My knees were hurting. And this beautiful language just comes out of my mouth. Uh, and I started crying and speaking in tongues, just, yes. you know, I was totally messed up, just crying. Um, and that was it. That was the start. Um, yes. it, it just happened like that uh, after all the laying on of Absolutely. hands that I had received. But it's like you, it's like you desired it. Yeah. And, and I, I too, Pastor Agu, speak in tongues. And sometimes we don't know how to use words. And we pray in the spirit, yeah. don't we? Yeah. And, and I find a release as I pray in the spirit. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I find it when I'm, when I'm I, I think where I find it most, where it really touches me is when 
when I'm, when I'm praising God and I get to a point and uh, the language fails me. You know, I just want to express my love in a way that, that the, the, the language, whatever language, the English language or any of my, my, native, lang- my native language just fails me. And, and then God just gives me this language to express to him my heart. Um, and, and yeah, that, that, I find those moments very special. I love, I love your heart and passion and um, how you and your wife have different rhythms. And that's encouraging to hear because, look, find what works best for you, but make sure you push in and you, and you pray. Yeah. And I think, I think um, what I encourage people to do is get to the point where it's not a, a ritual. Yes. It's not a religious exercise that you are genuinely looking forward to conversations with a loving father. Um, and that way you, 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 you pray literally with, without, when I, when I heard that phrase, pray without season, I thought, how on earth is this possible? I mean, you've got to get on with life. You've got to work. You've got to, you know, that's stuff to do. But I think when you get to the point of conversational prayer with God, then prayer is not just what you do in the 20 minutes or 15 minutes or one hour you set aside. You know, prayer becomes a part of who you are in your relationship with God. And then you realize that God is, God is concerned with the small things and the big things. You know, he's concerned whether you go to Cafe Nero or, or Costa to have a coffee. And you can have a conversation with him about that. Absolutely. You know? And yeah. then you can have a conversation about the bigger things like revival and the outpouring of his spirit and all that. But it's just... just it's the, it's the result of a wonderful relationship with, with your father. Talk to him on the tube, talk to him as you're driving. Um, yeah. Uh, I know that you and your wife, you've started another charity alongside the Ministry of the Church to help children in Africa. Tell us about that. Well, it's, it's actually not, um, it, we, we, we've, we've, we've had it for quite a number of years, but didn't do much with it. We yes. should have done a lot more with it. Um, and my wife ran the marathon um, years ago to raise money for the charity, and we we started doing some work. But we feel that the part of what the Lord is calling us to in this season is to invest a bit of time um, in that charity. It's called Bright Futures for African Children, and the whole idea is for us to um, go into some of the poorest parts of the world in Africa um, and see how we can. Uh, break the cycle of poverty by focusing on educating young people, raising the standards of education, which are abysmal in some of those places. Um, and so, yeah, we've we've done. We went into one school in a very very poor area in Nigeria, and we did a borehole, put a library, um, and refurbished the school. And then we're doing a, some more work. I mean, an area of Nigeria that I come from, where we're building a tech institute just so the children can see a computer for the first time and you know, have a chance to be at the same level as their, their mates around the world. Um, and we're building a library there as well and, and stocking the library with books. Yeah, so we're going to spend a bit of our time doing that. Um, hopefully we'll get a team that can run it so that it does, we, don't, you know, we can just oversee it, uh, Shola and I. And yeah, we're looking forward to Great. that season. I think it's so important, isn't it, to think globally and to act locally. And, and sometimes we're 
consumed by our local environment and we don't think globally, but I think we've got to think both. Yes, I think so too. Now, one of the things I know that you have a heart for is raising up a new generation of leaders. Uh, I like what it says about King David. King David served God in his generation. And, and we have a responsibility, but we also have a responsibility to raise up another generation of leaders. Uh, are you quite encouraged as you see a new generation emerging? I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. I, I, I believe that uh, if we don't do that, the church is really going to suffer. Um, and so uh, at a certain stage, and I feel that I've got to that stage, we've got to focus our efforts on handing down what we know um, and raising a generation of leaders who can you know, take, the, take the work to the next stage. Um, I, I, I know that the church has struggled with engaging, whether it's the millennial generation, Gen, Gen Z, or any of the other generations. There are so many names now. Yes. We, we struggled with engaging them. Um, and I think uh, I, at this season of my life, I want to invest some time uh, to do that, uh, not just for Jesus' house, but you know, for uh, whoever in the body of Christ I can work with to engage that generation. Absolutely. Uh, what's been great, uh, Agu, that you're a kingdom person like myself. As, as you look forward now, are you hopeful? Are you encouraged? What do you feel about what's going on now and about the future? Um, I feel that uh, if the church would get to praying, it would make a world of difference. I, I think we're brilliant. We've got brilliant minds, uh, brilliant strategists, great administrators. We've got all those things. I think the one thing that we don't have as much as we should is, is the prayer. And um, a big part of my, my life is encouraging the church into that place of prayer. I think it would, it would turn things around quicker than we can imagine um, if we you know, go to the Lord in prayer about the, the issues that we are faced with. And you know, I feel one of the things I, I love about prayer, I feel it's an acknowledgement of my helplessness. You know, when I go to God in that way, because I'm saying, God, we, we just can't do this. I mean, we just admit we're pretty lousy at it. We're, if you don't come and do this thing, then let's forget it. Um, and I think there's something that you know, touches God's heart in that when we go to him like that, in, you know, and saying God is totally dependent on you. You know, you've got a plan for this nation. You've got, you know, you've got purposes for this nation. You've got a plan for your church. And we're just crying out to you to bring that to pass. Absolutely. Yeah. I've always, uh, Agu, we've known each other for a couple of years. Uh, I've always admired your understatedness, which I find uh, very refreshing. You're, you're a very tall, big man, but you're very tall and big for God. And uh, thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for all you do. Um, thank you for all you do in the body of Christ. Uh, thank um, you. Yeah. Thank I you, Pastor Agu. I hope you've been inspired by that conversation with Pastor Agu. I know I, I feel encouraged and challenged 
about my own prayer life and uh, I'm sure you have been as well. Thank you so much for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. J. John and Chris Wally's much-loved book, Jesus Christ the Truth, is now available in paperback edition. Take this opportunity to purchase copies at a low cost and pass them on to friends, family, neighbours and colleagues. Buy three for the price of two at £6 per copy or buy 50 copies for £2.50 per copy. An ideal book to give away to those who want to know who Jesus is. Pass it on. Available now at canonjjohn.com.